and he's a God who's still on the throne. And let's look to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you for one more Sunday, one more day, one more minute you've added to our lives. Father, it's your mercy, it's your grace. And people are falling, Lord, here and there into the graves. Father, you have kept us alive. And we acknowledge your mercy and your greatness. Cover me under your precious wings, under, behind the cross, and you minister to us, speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Remya, for the beautiful worship. God bless you. Uh, this morning, I wanted to share a very simple message. The last two Sundays, so we have been hearing some amazing, uh, blessed uh, word from God's uh, precious uh, word, revealed word. Uh, the previous Sunday, we heard how all things uh, work together for good. And then last Sunday, we heard how through our tribulations, we can have a revelation that God is still on the throne, that God is still on the throne. And yes, God is still on the throne and God is working all things for our good by sitting on the throne. And uh, this morning, I wanted to study from God's word, how we can experience seeing God through a primary revelation. Through a primary revelation, how we can experience seeing God. I want to use that word, seeing God. <laughs> My main desire and one desire for us, all of us, AGAG community is that we will learn and stay focused on seeing God on the throne. Today, there are so many, many, many prophets, prophetical voice, uh, so-called prophetical voice, I would even call, going on around in the world. If you read 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 to 3, you find there how Nathan the prophet speaks to David. In fact, David tells Nathan, I wanted to build a temple for God, a house for God, because, you know, the, I'm living in a house of cedars, but uh, the ark of God remains in a tent. And you read in verse 3, and Nathan replied to the king, go and do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. And uh, it's coming from a prophet. But you know something from 4 to 17, if you read, the Bible tells us very clearly that God tells Nathan, no, Nathan, David is not going to build a temple. You go and tell him his son will build. I will not allow him to build. And God did not allow David to do it. In fact, what a prophet said, God overruled and said no. So you and I have to be very careful. Human prophets can really lead us astray sometimes. And how can we experience seeing God and experiencing him personally in our lives? And through a primary revelation, primary means main, chief, key, prime, central, principal, foremost, first, most important, predominant, paramount, overriding, major, dominant, master, supreme, cardinal, preeminent, ultimate, and number one. <laughs> this is how. Well, you know, the, the dictionary reveals uh, primary as, and today, this primary revelation is very important for you and me. And through that alone, 
we can we will be able to see god in our lives uh, we'll be able to experience god more and more john chapter 1 and verse 1 yeah john picking up a clue from genesis 1 he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and he was beginning and he was in the beginning with god that was john's statement uh, that god jesus logos was in the beginning and uh, revelation 19:13 he says he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of the word of god dipped in blood i'm sure we all uh, uh, if you have attended the uh, the study on revelation how god uh, pastor explained how it is in the blood of the enemies it is not his own blood this is the blood of the enemy this is the christ who is glorified and the blood of the enemies you know he will come to trample and his name is the word of god according to what he has said what god has said it will take place and jesus is called as the word of god the term word is used in different ways in the bible in the new testament there are two greek words translated word one is rema and the other one is logos i'm sure we have heard this over and over again it's not a very big thing it's a very simple our uh, truth they have slightly different meanings rema uses usually means uh, you know a spoken word and for example you can see that in uh, uh, luke chapter 1 and verse 38 when the angel told mary that she would be the mother of god's son mary replied behold i am the servant of the lord let it be according to your word that is according to your rema according to your rema according to your word that is a spoken word you know according to your word you have spoken something you have said something let it happen according to that but logos however has a broader and more philosophical meaning this term is used in john chapter 1 this word is used in john chapter 1 it usually implies a message and is used mostly in reference to god's message to mankind i hope you get the difference rema is a spoken word logos is more philosophical and it has got a broader message it uh, it implies a total message and used mostly in reference to god's message to mankind an example uh, is in luke chapter 4 and verse 32 says that when jesus taught the people they were amazed at his teaching because his word that is logos had authority you understand when in the greek it says logos had authority and the people were amazed not merely by the particular word jesus chose but by the total message you understand the total message so i hope you get the word rema word and logos word rema is a spoken word but logos is a total message from god it's a revelation through god and jesus is the logos of god so when it says when the word when the bible says word became flesh mean jesus is the total message you know from god for all of us he is the message of god he is not just carrying the message of god but he is the message of god the message of god is jesus and the special revelation or the primary revelation is through the word of god for you and me please never forget you know be very careful today there are so many 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 prophets in this world we can easily be led astray we can listen to some prophetical words uh, people come home and prophesy you know they prophesy here and there and we have to be very careful but in the midst of all this we have a 
primary revelation of God's heart, God's mind, God's spirit, God's thought for you and me, and that is through his word. And the whole word, why he's called as the, the word of God, Jesus called as the word of God is, he is the message of God. And that word became flesh and dwelt among us. That logos, that word of God, the message of God became human in this world. John chapter one and verse four, the Bible says in him was life and the life was the light of all mankind. In him was life, the life of God. And the word life here is not just like, you know, you and me live. It means indestructible life. It cannot be destroyed. In Jesus was life. It's not like the life you and I have. It was life that can never be destroyed. And that indestructible life, you know, was the light of all mankind. That is, we are living in darkness and this light comes into us. This life comes into us, gives us light. And we also become recipient of the indestructible light in this world. And John 1.14, uh, John said, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So when you and I have the Bible, when you and I have the word, word of God, when we say we are actually having Jesus in our hands. Uh, I'm not saying physical Jesus because the whole message, Jesus is the whole message of God. And the primary revelation that God has kept for you and me today to guide us, to lead us, to correct us, to teach us, and to build us, to wash us, is through the word of God. And it is more than dwelling among us. If you read John chapter 14, verse 18 to 23, uh, the Bible tells us uh, very clearly, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. And then he says, in a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. On that day, you will know that I'm in the Father and you are in me and I in you. And then he continues to say, More, whoever has my commandments, 21, and keeps them is the one who loves me. Your love for me is shown, Jesus said, by the way you keep my commandments, where you come to my word, where you understand my word, where you respond to my word. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. And this is powerful. And I will love him and reveal myself to him. My dear brother, my dear sister, it's an extremely personal revelation of Jesus, the Logos, the word of God, God himself, to those who love him and who respond to his love by showing his love by obeying God's word. And you and I can never live without this revelation. If you are really touched by God, you will have that hunger for God's word. If you are cold, definitely you will not have a hunger for God's word. And in 22, Judah said, uh, not as Kareth, Lord, why are you going, how are you going to reveal yourself to us, not to the world? Why are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? And then Jesus replies in 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He says, I will come and make my abode. First, I will reveal. And second, I will make my residence with him. My father, Jesus says, my father and me, we are one. We will come and make our 
make ourselves known to you. We'll reveal ourselves to you. We will reveal our heart to you. We will reveal ourselves to you. And then he says, we will also be with you. When Judas asks, how can this be? He says, Judas, it is not the periodical revelation, but we will abide with you. We will make residence with you and begin to reveal our life to you. What a glory it is. I wish I, you, all of us, every believer in this world, you know, will take this scripture seriously. The primary revelation of God for you and me is Jesus. And Jesus has placed everything in his word. He wants to make his a revelation as well as a residence. Many people today have eyesight, physical eyesight extremely. They say, I'm 80 years, 90 years. I still don't have glasses to wear. I don't wear glasses. Good eyesight. But spiritually, many are blind and have no revelation of Jesus. Very pathetic. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You and I. Remember, Jesus said, when, when my life comes, my life will be the light in you. And then he says, this light will make you to become the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let's jump to verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, this radiance, God's radiance called Jesus through his word wants to reflect that life in us. And then this light, what happens is it begin to shine so well. And this light is nothing but the good works, good works. And John 1, 4, he says, and it was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Good works. Good works, if you read in, in another translation, uh, it says good works or good deeds. Amazing. Our human inclination not towards spiritual interest. I was talking to pastor on th Thursday, and we were discussing, he said, how our human nature, we are not talking about you know, X, Y, Z, we're talking about ourselves, you know, in general and humans, that uh, we all have an inclination towards anger, evil, lust, uh, you know, all types of uh, things of the world because we have lived in this and that has been a past life and God is working in us to transform us. That's the work of God. And good works. If you read 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, I wanted to keep these three translations. You know, one is uh, verse 17. God's word, first one, 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped, amazing, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Another translation in 17, you know, NASB, uh, New American uh, no, uh, Standard Bible says, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work fully capable and message bible says more wonderfully in verse 17 says through the word we are put together shaped up for the task god for god god has for us one of the most difficult things for people is how can i get involved with god's work i have my own shortcomings my weakness you know i'm not perfect yes nobody's perfect but god's word is absolutely perfect through this primary revelation of God's word, God wants to shape us. You know, this body that contains the breath of God can only be satisfied, shaped, 
strengthened, secured, sculptured, stabilized by the breath of God. And the Bible says that the scriptures are God breathed. Again, I repeat, we can be satisfied, shaped, strengthened, secured, sculptured, stabilized by the breath of God. And the Bible is the breath of God, God breathed. And not only this, one more yes, we can be used for God's service. All this happens so that we can be transformed. We can be changed. We can experience the life of God. I want to give you three quick uh, uh, points. Uh, what's really happening in the Christian world among pastors, believers, and everyone. Uh, recently, or recently, I should say about six months ago, during the lockdown, a person called me and asked me a doubt from the Bible. I was really shocked. The reason is that person is 92-year-old retired medical doctor. A 92-year retired medical doctor, she calls me and says, Pastor Prem, I wanted to ask you this question. The Bible says so what it means. I was so happy. 92-year-old, how many of us have really taken efforts to clarify doubts? Today, you and I have an access to uh, you know, multimedia in our mobiles, laptops, tele, uh, computers. We can get the information quickly. We all know how to handle, even little children know. How many of us really take effort to do it? God speaks through his word and reveals himself and wants to make residence in you and me. Don't forget that. And we are too busy to take time to study God's word. We are so busy. Recently, I was coming, going across a, a small pamphlet which spoke about shoes and how they make special shoes for our feet. And the reason why uh, they make that special shoes is, it, they said, an average person walks equivalent of four times around the world during their lifetime. You know, they say an average person walks four times around the world in their lifetime. An average person. So they say your legs are very important so we can make some special shoes. When I read that, I said, no, some of us are traveling even six times and eight times around the world, the way we are going. We don't have time. We don't have, you know, that dedication. We don't have that sincerity to come and be in God's presence. And first one is the casual reading. If you read in Luke chapter 8, you find that Jesus told a parable of the sower of seeds, that is, sowing God's word. This farmer goes and sows the seed. And four places he mentioned. One is the wayside. The other one he mentioned was stony or rocky places. And then among the thorns. And then good ground. And in the above, what I mentioned, these three. You know, uh, one is the wayside. And then the stony or rocky places, thorns. And these three, you know something? If you read it carefully, we find Satan, sin, and struggles have access into this place easily. If you and I are casual readers, so we are like the word that is sown on the wayside or among thorny and rocky places or stony places. 
And there the Bible says Satan can come and snatch. Imagine Satan has got an access into a believer's life. It can come and take the word out. Read the scriptures carefully. And then sin comes very quickly and choke us. Why? Because we are casual reading of God's word and struggles of this world. The challenges of life makes our life unfruitful. We have easy access because we are casual readers of God's word. Mahatma Gandhi, speaking about Christians, he said, speaking to Christians, about Christians, he said, you Christians have in your keeping a document with enough dynamite in it to blow the whole of civilization to bits, to turn society upside down, to bring peace to this war-torn world, but you read it as if it were just good literature and nothing else. What did he mean by it? A man who did not know Jesus personally, but reading the Bible, he realized there's dynamite in it. And we are casually reading it. Casually reading it. Second one is, there are people who read for knowledge. These are like the Pharisees and Sadducees who know the word. They have the knowledge, but they don't respond to God's word. And prophet Ezekiel, God revealed in 33, 31, my people come to you. You told Ezekiel, my people come to you, Ezekiel, as they usually do, and sit before you to hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. Their mouths speak of love, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Just the opposite of love. I do not know how many of us sit casually like the people whom God mentioned to Ezekiel every Sunday in our lives, in our, in our churches, in every church. Very dangerous. And even a lot of preachers sadly read the word just for one thing, what I can preach to others, how I can explain the word, how I can preach to others. Nothing personal. Nothing personal. There was a man who had the Beetle car. He had bought a new Beetle car. I'm sure you know what a Beetle Volkswagen Beetle car. Uh, the engine in this car is not usually the olden type. It was not in the front. It was used to be at the back, you know, on the backside where we keep the luggage now. The engine of the car used to be there. So one day he was driving his car and he never, he bought the car. He never knew where the engine was. He was happily driving. Then he saw another man another beetle popped on the, in the, in, on the side and the front hood was removed. So this man stops, his car gets down, goes to the other beetle driver who has parked the car and asked him, what happened to you? He said, sir, listen, I bought this beetle car and these fellows have cheated me and they've never kept the engine for me. So you look at the hood in front, it is empty. And the other man said, oh, don't worry. I have a spare engine in my car, you know, behind you can come and take mine. You know, many of us, when I, when, when I heard this, it's a small joke that I heard many years ago. And when I remember that, I always think that many of us are like this. We really don't know what we have and what we get. We think that we have everything and we can give it to others, thinking that we have extra. No. First is for me, for my heart, for your heart. Reading, not just for knowledge. And finally, is reading studying, meditating for transformation.
for transformation. Amazing. This is one thing that you and I should really pay attention. Casual readers, reading for knowledge. Those two are really on a dangerous track. The third one is reading, studying, meditating for personal transformation in life. Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates on his, day, on his word day and night. And here you find uh, three verbs. Walk, sit, uh, st stand and sit. Walk, stand and sit. You know, we, we, we walk with the people of the world, the things of the world, and we begin to stand and then we begin to become comfortable. We get settled there. But when we begin to do on the reverse, when we begin to sit with God's word, and then we begin to, we will be, begin to stand up for God, and then we will be able to walk the journey that God has got for us. Delight could also mean concern or preoccupation. When the Bible says, bless the man who delights, it means uh, uh, being concerned about that, preoccupied. I want to ask this question for all of us. What delights every day in your life, the major part of your time, major part of your day, major part of your life, what delights you? I'm not saying what occupies your thing, I'm talking about what delights your mind, what delights my mind. Important, we check in God's presence. What we are concerned with day in and day out. And what are we preoccupied with? Someone said, what gets your attention gets you. What gets your attention gets you. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. Uh, the Bible says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted the Lord is gracious. Look at that picture there, baby and milk. I'm sure if you give that baby a big piece of meat, definitely that will spit it out because it can't chew. It won't know. It will even choke and die. And God says, you are like the baby, my son, my daughter. And my word is like milk for you, you know. And if you have tasted me and tasted my grace, tasted my love, you will definitely come to me for milk. Have you seen a little baby? When the mother gives the baby to someone's hand, the baby is uncomfortable. It cries. It wants to go back to the mother. Similarly, if you and I have tasted the fatherly, today is the Father's Day. Not only because we are fathers, we can be fathers, mothers, but we have a heavenly father. The father's love, the mother's love, he's the father, he's the mother. If we have tasted his grace, his mercy, his kindness, we will always want to go back to get that milk from him. No one else, no one hands can satisfy you and me. No other's embrace and love can satisfy you and me if we have tasted it. If you have not tasted it, 
ask God, Lord, forgive me. I've, I know you saved me, but I've never thought of your love. I want to come running to your word. And here in the scripture, three things are mentioned. One is attitude. He says, of a newborn babe, have an attitude of a newborn babe. And then the appetite. You know, you have the appetite towards the milk, a desire, the pure milk. And then he says, aim. Aim to grow thereby. It is not for knowledge. Again, I repeat, it's not for I know the Bible. I can go to this quiz, all, all church, all India quiz, and I can win the gold medal. It doesn't mean that. It means, you know, to grow thereby. You can be a silent person in a corner, but growing thereby. And this is the place where we interact with the Bible. And God begins to interact with us and with our soul like a gardener. That day I was tending to the garden. I became really frustrated because each plant had a different insect and each plant had got a different need. And some of you who have gardening, who have gardens, you will know that. And you have to check each and every, and the reading in the uh, net uh, how to do it, they say you have to check under each and every leaf. You know, that's a big work. That's human gardener gets frustrated, but a heavenly gardener, he tends to you and me so beautifully through the word, through the revealed word. He tells, Prem, this is your sin. This is your weakness. You have said this. You have decided like this. You be reacted like this. You saw like this. You spoke like this. And he begins to deal with each and every one of us. And each and every one's area, every area of our lives he needs. And he tends, the gardener tends to infections, pests, diseases. And God as a gardener works in and through his word. And this is a place where a whole being is getting cleansed. And as it gets cleansed, there is a longing in our heart to walk with God and delight in God's word. And here in Peter, first Psalm 1, delight in God's word. In first Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, de and desire God's word, delight and desire. If you want to have the revelation and the residence of God in your life, delight and desire to meditate, study, and apply God's word. Second Timothy 2.15, he says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A workman who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. When I read that, I'm very happy. Where we find so many wrong teachings, here you can find that there is a God who can help us through his spirit to rightly understand God's word. So nobody can say this is only for person who has done his, you know, higher studies in theology. It is for every simple person. The Bible is for every simple person. You and I can correctly divide, correctly handle. I don't want to go into this, you know, the, the, the Greek meaning of it, the word of it. It means about, you know, of, of, an, of a doctor who makes a cut, a neat cut, rightly dividing the word of truth. And devil aims to disturb our mind. And the Bible says in Romans 8 and verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. God always adds a bonus, life and peace. And here it says the mind governed by the flesh is not leading to death, 
or will, will produce death is death. It is my, when I allow my mind to be governed by flesh, I live in death. That means if I'm cut off from God's word, I'm not allowing the word to work in my heart and mind, and my mind is going to be governed by fleshly things and not the spiritual things which the spiritual word reveals. That means I'm living in death, spiritual death. I'm opening up myself. I'm opening up my life to the demonic powers to come and uh, transform me and to lead me to the path of destruction. And Psalm 119, verse 165, he said, Great peace are they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Yes, mind is kept safe in the midst of all attack. Midst of all attack, our mind is kept safe. And in Psalm 119, verse 97, it's, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day long. It is not that carrying the Bible in the hand all the day. It is carrying the message of God's word in my heart and in my mind all the day. That's what the psalmist meant. How I love the Lord is my meditation all the day. He says, I carry it in my heart and in my mind all the day. We can have a New Testament. We can have a Bible. We can have many New Testaments in our, you know, in our cars, in our homes, and different types of Bible. God is not impressed. He wants that message to come into my heart and change me. There's a beautiful scholar of recently I'm trying to, I, I, I'm uh, learning a lot of things from him. You can even go through it. Tim Mackey, he's an Old Testament scholar. And uh, he says in one of his sermons, Bible is designed for a lifetime engagement. Bible is designed for a lifetime engagement. And may I add that it is designed for a lifetime engagement for our transformation. Bible is designed for a lifetime engagement for our transformation. And uh, Jesus said, uh, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. They are they which testify of me. Jesus, uh, 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 Peter said, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? And the Bible tells us that God's word can transform us. I want to show this picture to you. There are three pictures. One is bread on the floor with little jam. Wait, please. How many of us will be really satisfied by eating this? If you don't have anything, a hungry person will take this and eat it up. How many of us will, who has got food will stay content with the second one. There's a food on the plate, a little food on the plate. You know, maybe some of them will say, I'm, this was enough for me. I'm dieting. I, I don't have much to do. I'm just eating little. It's okay. There's a third one. There's a lavish food on the table. An hungry person who is hungry for food, which one he or she will choose? Please now don't look at the table and, you know, uh, try to meditate on the food. Just listen to the word, please. And, uh, you know, the food is there. How many of us will get carried away by the bread on the floor or little food on the plate or the white spread on the table? I'm sure we will take at least about 10 minutes to go through each and every dish to find out what it contains. Some of you will ask which oil is made with, you know. And so many other details will go into that before we really eat, eat it. 
my dear brother, my dear sister, you know something sad? Many, many are satisfied with this first one. God is offering this lavish spread on the table. Many are satisfied with a little bread and say, oh, that is enough for me. Many of, many of them don't know they're eating only this and their spiritual health is weak. And some are eating a little bit more, but not enough. But the third one is there are very few people who reach up to this stage. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. A revelation of God. Blessed are the pure in heart and holiness without which no man shall see God. You know, a, a revelation of God to the fullness. How is this is possible? And the Bible said, Jesus said, thy word is truth. Sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. My dear brother, my dear sister, I wanted to encourage you today. Take a giant leap today. Come forward and say, Lord, I wanted to take that food that is on the table for me. Forgive me for eating only that bread and that jam that is on the table, on the, on the floor. I'm not designed for that. I'm not made for that. You have kept that table for me. Lord, forgive me for just eating little, Lord, every day for my soul. Instead, help me to come onto that lavish table. I wanted to encourage you, my dear brother, my dear sister, to reach the spread on the table, the lavish spread on the table. You need to do a few things. One is be systematic. Bring a system into your life. Study the word in a systematic way. Buy some good devotionals also. Don't read the devotional, keep the devotionals. No. There are some extremely good devotionals that can really help you. You know, that can really help you to understand the word. But don't stick with the devotionals. Be systematic in reading God's word. Go to God's word personally. Be consistent in reading. Don't read one day 10 chapters, the next day not even one verse. Don't use that calendar, golden text calendar. Some of them read the golden text calendar and they are fine. Imagine, you know, like uh, you cook your food and then you, you just serve one rice to yourself on the plate. It's like that. Some people just go look at the calendar, see a script, say, oh, God has spoken to me today. I'm going for the interview. God has spoken, fine. I'm traveling abroad. God is taking care of me, fine. Be consistent in reading a quality passage through the scriptures. Maintain a fellowship with God. I said, you know, here you can interact with God. You begin to speak to God. The Spirit of God begins to speak to you. You ask questions. You have doubts. You tell Lord how I can learn. You go into the dictionaries, commentaries, ask questions. Search for it in the internet. Good sites. Be very careful which site you go to. And there's Tim Mackey's Bible, uh, you know, project is extremely good. Then there is one more uh, Bible story by Dr. Charles Bayless, you know, extremely good. Uh, Greg Keener, extremely good. These are finest scholars who give a very balanced teaching about God's word. I was telling yesterday some friends how 
you know, when I open the uh, YouTube and see some of the finest teachers, extremely wonderful teachers, they have hardly about 1,500 people who have watched it. But when it comes to all the excitement of dancing and worshiping or, you know, uh, or, you know, healing and miracles, there will be thousands of people, million, uh, lakhs of people who have watched it. But only 1,500, 2,000 people go into those sites which teach us God's word to watch it. The fourth one, depend on the Holy Spirit fully. Depend on God's Holy Spirit. Tell him, Lord, I want you. I want you to teach me. I want you to stay with me. I want you to reveal to me my sin. Explain to me how I can apply. Lord, yesterday you taught me this, but I did not follow it. You told me not to tell a lie. I told a lie. You told me not to be angry, but I got angry. Help me. Strengthen me. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Lord, reveal this truth to me. How I can apply. And finally, faithfully apply God's word to your life. Apply God's word to your life. I wanted to tell you, God wants every believer to be like Jesus. And as you attempt through his word, he will supply you the Holy Spirit to lead you to that goal. The revelation of God is awaiting everyone who comes to God through his word, which is the primary revelation. And through that, you and I will be able to see God seated on the throne. Beautiful sermon last week in the midst of revelation, um, uh, in the midst of tribulation. And the previous week, we heard about how God is working all things for our good. How can we see this God? It is through his word, through his lovely word. And the last thing that God, I wanted to say this, this is what God said. This is my beloved son. Hear him. He's the voice from heaven. Let us not mess with this logos, the word of God. Jesus is the full message of God. He brought the full message. All the message of God is packed in Jesus. And God sent Jesus for you and me. And even as we come to him, he will lead us step by step. May we close our eyes and look to God in prayer. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Worship you. Worship you. We all want to see God. See God in our families, in our, in our lives, operating in our ministries. Please don't take today's message lightly. For some of you, it may be coming as a warning. For some of us, it may come as a warning. For some of us, it may come as an encouragement. For some of us, it can come as a challenge. I wanted to encourage all of us. All that we can do now is humble our hearts and say, Lord, forgive me. I've been preoccupied with my work. Office work, household work. I've been preoccupied by entertainments. I've been pre preoccupied with my YouTube, Facebook, WhatsApp. 
I've been preoccupied with other things. Please forgive me. Lord, first things first. Help me to put, Lord, the horse before the cart. I've been doing it on the reverse and I've found no headway on my journey with you. I want to be preoccupied with your word. I don't want to mess up with your word because you are the word, Jesus. I need your Holy Spirit. You know something, there's also a warning in the Bible. If you forget me, if you forget my word, I will forget you. I will forget your children. That's very dangerous. That's very dangerous. May I ask your church, turn back. Take some time also to attend the Bible studies, your personal study. Go into some good ask us, pastor. You can ask Pastor Abraham, Pastor Sonny. You can ask me, Captain Joes. You can ask us, what is the site we can go through to learn about the Old Testament, New Testament? One, some time ago, a pastor said, Old Testament is not for us. I was shocked, a pastor saying that. Let's be very careful. God will help you and me. We're not experts, but definitely God has taught us some lessons and we would like to share it with you. If you need, if you want, I told you a 92-year-old lady, she may live maybe a few months, few years, but she has got that hunger. She stands as an example and a challenge to all of us. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for reminding us that you work all things for our good, no matter what. And you work for us through all things by sitting on the throne. Father, you, you are on the throne and you continue to work. And Lord, to see this two beautiful truths, Father, Lord, it's possible only through your word. Help me, help us to constantly come to your word. Not just casually readers, not just reading for knowledge, but reading, studying, meditating for transformation. And through this, let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Over to Pastor.